This is Bob Cudmore with the story behind the story of my column that ran in the Daily Gazette this past Saturday about the old days in Fort Hunter. Fort Hunter is a hamlet uh, in the in print. I use the word confluence. <laughs> I think that's the proper term where two streams or rivers meet. So Fort Hunter is at the confluence or the meeting point of the Schoharie Creek and the Mohawk River in the town of Florida. Lots of histories happened in uh, Fort Hunter. Uh, Right in Fort Hunter or nearby, the bridge over the Schoharie Creek on the thruway collapsed in uh, storms in our memory, uh, and a number of people were were killed in, in that tragedy. Also, near Fort Hunter or you know, it's hard to say where Fort Hunter ends because it's really not an official jurisdiction. But also in that general uh, neck of the woods, if you will, is where in the mid-50s, the uh, Mohawk Indians, or a faction thereof, uh, built a settlement. And they said they were going to stay, said this is their land, and so on and so forth. And it uh, didn't pan out. Ultimately, they left and in the little village they had built was burned, but one of the uh, descendants uh, of the chief that was in ch- charge of that for the, for the Mohawks, uh, that descendant has been part of the group of Mohawk Indians who uh, w- w- bought land or uh, from the from the county of Montgomery and uh, settled, and, and they're living to this day uh, north of the river uh, at a a place that used to be the the county home. Well, anyway, a little detour, but the story of in the newspaper was about Fort Hunter and how the hamlet was so busy uh, years ago. It's a hamlet uh, in the town of Florida. It used to have a hotel, broom shops, stores, a coal yard, and a military band. I learned all this from a man named Arnold Wittemeyer, who was born in Fort Hunter in 1920, with uh, Sam Zerlow as my guide, if you will. Sam Zerlow, the uh, longtime Gazette reporter and uh, talk show host in Amsterdam at both WCSS and WVTL, uh, knew Mr. Wittemeyer and said he thought it would be a good thing to interview him before he passed. And I did interview him several months before his death, Mr. Wittemeyer, in 2005. And Arnold Wittemeyer, in general, reminisced about the 1930s. Born in 1920, so 1930, he's 10. Uh, so he has a you know good had a good memory of the 1930s. The West Shore Railroad did a thriving passenger business at that time, taking Roman Catholic pilgrims to the shrine of the North American martyrs in Orysville, which is near Fort Hunter. So Fort Hunter was kind of the the rail connection for the pilgrims going to Orysville. So many people traveled to the Orysville train station in the summer that rail sidings were occupied for miles with passenger trains waiting to take the pilgrims home. Every Sunday, uh, Mr. Wittemeyer told me, two big wash tubs at the shrine were filled with coins by the faithful. Fort Hunter had a sweater and hosiery shop where nuns from the shrine could buy black stockings. 
the shrine still exists. Uh, not as many pilgrims uh, come there, despite the fact that uh, th- there is a connection to Orysville and uh, the Roman Catholic Saint Cattery Tekawitha, uh, who was uh, canonized not that many years ago. So th- there seems to be some oh, revival, if you will, uh, of, at Orysville that um, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on, if you will. It sounds like it might become a real um, spot where more pilgrims go. There is a shrine, though, to Cattery you know, herself across the Mohawk River, uh, just west of Fonda. And also, another interesting thing about today's Orysville property, at some point the Jesuits who owned it uh, sold a, a large building there that was used for as a dormitory, and I'm not sure the exact reason, but he sold, sold it to the Amsterdam Buddhists, uh, the Amsterdam area Buddhists, and that's uh, mainly where the Buddhists are uh, during uh, the summer months. In fact, you just saw a, a bunch of pictures that photographer Jerry Scrocky from Amsterdam took of events up at the shrine, but I mean, it's the part of the shrine that's now uh, a Buddhist uh, temple, I think, or a Buddhist area. In fact, they've decorated the building, which was sort of standard American dormitory looking. They put sort of uh, Asian um, work, like a, almost like a pagoda on top of the multi-story building. Well, let's get back to Fort Hunter. Genealogist Teresa Moran has researched the 1859 creation of a Fort Hunter broom factory. Again, the Fort Hunter had a hotel and it had broom shops. The first one, said Ms. Moran, was Blood and Howard, founded by Ebenezer Howard and John D. Blood. Moran said it was the first factory in the country to make brooms from corn. Wittemeyer recalled that Fort Hunter had a broom maker called Premier Broom and Brush Company in the 1930s. Arnold Wittemeyer's father, Harold, owned a business called Wittemeyer's, which was one of Montgomery County's biggest coal companies. Wittemeyer's mother, Elsie Minch Wittemeyer, uh, took the train to Amsterdam many days to work in a button mill. And that was how people got around somewhat in uh, those days before uh, automobiles were really plentiful. There were trains or there were trolleys to take you uh, to to your work. And Fort Hunter was linked by rail uh, with uh, the south side of Amsterdam. The coal for the family business uh, came to Fort Hunter in the Wittemeyer Coal Yard on the West Shore Railroad. And this, I thought, was uh, Arnold Wittemeyer's uh, most... uh, poignant uh, quote. He said, in the Depression, he recalled that coal trains would speed through the valley in an effort to keep people from scooping coal from the hopper cars. For example, when the train had to stop, people in need of coal uh, would come and uh, climb on the hopper cars and throw some coal on the ground uh, so they could use it. Wittemeyer said it got so bad that Cars of coal were having two tons of coal scooped off of them. Wittemeyer recalled the names of three local stores in Fort Hunter, Browns, Quackenbush, and Warner, those three individual stores. Fort Hunter also once had an ice cream shop called Annie Browns. In the summer of 1933, 
Wittemeyer said the Schoharie Creek was so dry that big stones at the base of an old dam were visible in the creek bed near his home and never seen again. Amateur musicians from Fort Hunter and Tribes Hill formed the Fort Hunter Military Band in the 1930s. Traditionally, a military band features drums and brass instruments, no stringed instruments. Wittemeyer said, My father, who played cornet, and I don't know how many others, will go down to the firehouse around the potbelly stove and practice in the winter. In the summer, ice cream socials and such, they'd go out and play. Wittemeyer's father sold the coal business in 1944 after young Arnold contracted tuberculosis. He was treated at the Montgomery County Sanitarium, current site of a nursing home on Swart Hill Road in the town of Amsterdam. His father died the next year, 1945. With oil heat becoming popular, the coal business faded quickly and the coal yard closed. In 1946, Arnold Wintermeyer married Elizabeth Whalen of Fort Johnson. Apparently uh, has passed that episode in his life where he had tuberculosis. His uh, wife's family operated a store in Fort Johnson, and the couple moved to Fort Johnson, where Wintermeyer lived the rest of his life. For himself, I mean, his, his employment was as a toolmaker at General Electric. He worked many years at that. His wife died in 2003. Wittemeyer also was assistant volunteer fire chief in Fort Johnson, a member of the Sir William Johnson Seniors, and served as its tour leader, you know, organizing uh, senior trips here and there. He belonged to the United Methodist Church of Amsterdam. He died August 18, 2005, and was buried at Pine Grove Cemetery in Tribes Hill.